0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Industrial Automation. It doesn't have to. In case you're new to the program, I'm Brandon Ellis. I'm your host and also the owner of Elitech. As we jump into the episode for today, I want to ask that you hit that follow button and subscribe button based upon the platform that you're listening on. And if you're listening specifically on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and you enjoy what you hear today, leave us a five-star rating and review. We sure would appreciate it. Now that we've got the marketing out of the way, I just want to say thanks for tuning in. So, let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Industrial Automation. It doesn't have to. I'm Brandon Ellis, your host, the owner of Elitech, and with me, of course, is Miss Beth (laughs) Elliott.
1: Hello, Brandon. Hey, everybody.
0: (laughs) So, welcome back. So, it's been...
1: It's been a while,
0: it seems like.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh well it seems longer to us because I think we uh uh sometimes we pre well we pre record all of these things but uh when we were going through especially with some of our Siemens guests we
1: were way re- pre-recorded. We were
0: pre-recording a lot, so uh, we, we'd take advantage of them being here yes. uh, and go from there. So it has been a minute since mm-hmm. we've been sitting in the Elitech podcasting studios here at Elitech University in Knoxville, Tennessee. So uh, thanks for joining us today. So we've got a lot to talk about today, so I want to jump straight into that. But first of all, I'm going to adjust my microphone, yes, please. And, then, <laughs> and then we're going to
1: give a big thank you to our veterans yep. because it's going to be veterans day on November 11th. And we just want to say thank you veterans. That's for your right.
0: Service. Thank you very much for your service. Uh- I come from, I'm not a, I was not in the military, a regret of mine, Uh, but my father was, was in the military and grandfather and Mm -hmm. cousins and aunts and uncles. And so it, you know, they, they've good, they do quite a, quite an honorable thing for us.
1: Absolutely. So
0: thank you very much for your, your service and for all that you do for us. And I know that that's something that uh, a lot of people say nowadays, but I want you to know that we mean it. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, So anyway, that's from the heart. The other thing, our Tennessee Vols are doing quite well. They
1: are. They are. They're looking good.
0: So. Now, uh, we're just going to say that they're doing well because yes. there's a big game coming up, and I don't know what the outcome going to be yet. So,
1: I'm proud of them either way. That's right. That's right. We have
0: had a monster season. It's been absolutely and And uh, if you if you follow me on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, uh, you probably realize that I am a huge Tennessee Vols fan, as is Beth. Yes. Uh, but she's not as vocal about it I am on social media so, not
1: on social media but yeah, <laughs> watching the game yeah, you better watch right. out. That's right. That's right. So
0: congratulations <laughs> to coach Hypol and the season that they're having. Uh it's been very exciting this season. So let's hop right into it. We didn't we I'm sure half of you look, uh, are tuning in to hear about Tennessee. Tennessee volunteer football I'm sure <laughs> but for the other half who want to hear something about manufacturing and automation and manufacturing here's what the title there All babe.
1: right so today's title is industrial automation it doesn't have to be totally unexpected
0: unexpected and so uh we're talking about some really interesting things now this is kind of a look back but this isn't one of those compilation episodes that you know that you you watch on your favorite show and all of a sudden oh, they're a having show? yeah they're having dream <laughs> uh you're remembering remember when we remember this remember it's not going to be that uh but We were talking, Beth and I were talking about uh, predictions, not really predictions, but topics that we were talking about in 2021. as long ago as July of 2021 podcast, other podcast episodes, and we'll be making references to some of those episodes, I was really proud of us because we were... Beth doesn't want to be doom and gloom, but we were making some predictions and saying and giving some encouragement in twenty as early as july of twenty twenty one that have pretty much been spot on, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and so that that was triggered us to let's look back and see what the predictions were for the challenges, what you know the What's internet coming. says yeah. so we looked for like articles and blog posts and stuff for uh from late 21 and early 2022 about the uh challenges facing manufacturers and just kind of see how we are measuring up and talking about that. as far as
0: our capabilities yeah how smart we are
1: no 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 (laughs) are we doing our listeners a favor
0: (laughs) so were we right or were we wrong So They decide. uh, Yeah, you all have to decide on that because that's the beauty of brandology is it doesn't always have to be correct. It just always has to be interesting. So we've talked about a lot of things over this past year. This has been, uh, without question, a very challenging year uh, for manufacturing, for distribution, for automation in general, for people who don't even think about automation. I mean, have you tried to buy a car? Yeah. Have you? Oh, we're coming up on Thanksgiving.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I heard this morning the cost of a turkey oh. is up by 76%. Oh, my word. Oh, <laughs> so, my
1: word. I was going to guess like 30%. Oh, well, my goodness. Well,
0: and, and on top of that, well, that I'm not going to say that's inflation because there's also a shortage of turkeys uh, because of an Asian bird flu. Mm-hmm. And so – uh, for those of you who are about to celebrate Thanksgiving, you may want to shop early. So <laughs> usually, I'll, we would always try to get a non-frozen mm-hmm. turkey. It may be the year for the frozen bird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make some room in the deep freeze and go out and get it. But also get ready to spend some money for it. Mm. Uh, so everything th- this year, we've seen record inflation. We've seen just the gamut of things.
1: And you know, I don't. That was not in the predictions. It wasn't the recession, inflation. That that talk mm-hmm. wasn't in those uh, in the in the challenges facing manufacturers. So that's and interesting. what's
0: interesting is is there's just as many e- economic analysts right now uh, for the ones that I follow and even the ones that I don't listen to often. But I'd say it's an even split as to whether we're in recession or we're not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so because this year has just been a very tumultuous year, and it's because it doesn't line up with anything. Yeah, your playbook. Just doesn't fit. So, uh, you know the the traditional uh, definition of recession is two consecutive down quarters. Uh, Well, we've had that, but we've also had, according to the jobs U.S. jobs report, record employment or record low unemployment, which means uh, and also increases in wages. And so, some analysts will say uh, a recession has to consider that wages stay flat. Okay. They haven't. So as prices have gone up, wages have also gone up. And so that's different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, I'm not an economist by any stretch, but I listen to a lot of them. And from an engineering standpoint, I mean, it's just math. uh, And a business standpoint, uh, I get it. You know, people are making more money. So if the prices go up, they can afford it. So they keep spending. So you're... You would expect when inflation goes up if if wages stay flat, then people stop spending mm-hmm. and that's recession leads to recession. Uh but people haven't stopped spending. It's a crazy year. Uh we've had demand for things, but yet we're watching the markets collapse. So <laughs> it's just a strange year. Yes. And, and and honestly for manufacturers, to
1: navigate these waters. It,
0: it's a it's it's a yeah, I, I mean if if you're in manufacturing, whether you're small, medium, or large large manufacturer, uh, you're probably shaking your head and saying, "I know, oh yeah, you're right. This has been rough. Yeah. Uh, it, it has been rough." And from a distribution standpoint, you know, it's been rough for us mm-hmm. uh, because we're have we've been having to give lead times on certain products that are crazy long for a long time. Yeah, um, and who would have thought? It would have gone this long. So, again, we're not trying to be doom and gloom, but we're kind of trying to say let's let's assess where we we started, let's look at where we're going, mm-hmm. and let's try to figure out how we can some ways to uh, make it through. Yeah, and hopefully, <laughs> we're close to the bottom.
1: Yeah, yeah. From what I've read, uh, the manufacturers are expecting the chip shortages to start giving way mm-hmm. earlier quarter one of next year, maybe, maybe two, quarter two. And
0: so what industries are being really affected by the uh, chip shortages? Again, I mentioned automation. So if if you're trying to automate in your plant, uh, you probably have uh, pesky distributors like us and robotic integrators like us and and systems integrators and, and machine builders that, that are in general telling you, yeah, we'd love to build that for you. But I just got off the phone with the pesky distributor who's telling me, uh, you know that that's going to be a three, four, five month, even one year lead time, and that's been going on for right. about four, thirteen to fourteen months. Yeah, and it's like goodness gracious, what what's the deal? Well, well, semiconductors have been part of that. Resin shortages, which which we we talked about resin shortages when we had Peter with the Linma on. It.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was,
0: he was talking about that resin. Of course, anything plastic, things of that nature, circuit breakers. <laughs> That's the thing that's blown my mind. Circuit breakers, both residential and 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 commercial and industrial circuit breakers, have been so difficult to find, uh, because I guess the molded case circuit breaker material has resin in it, and it's not easily found. Okay, it's in shortage. Why? I have no idea. But these are the things that have been so uh, just just tenuous uh, that we've dealt with so let's jump into some of the things so so you've done some research you've looked back in 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 the past mm-hmm. and you've pulled some of these predicted challenges that were predicted to affect manufacturing
1: about this time last year yeah, yeah. these came out yeah so,
0: so what's number one
1: but labor shortages yeah
0: we kind of just talked about that. <laughs> so
1: well I, I think you need to touch on the new roi because you talked about that 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 was last year July wasn't
0: it? Last July, yep, yep. Uh, I guess, yeah. So, so there's the pre-COVID to, yeah. ROI and the post-COVID ROI, and and when I when when I first came up with this and in, in, in July, I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting thing uh, that I I've, thought
1: it would be lax- lasting until the end of the year, but this yeah, is... <laughs>
0: uh, and we'll be back to the old ROI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm, we haven't, and so let's talk a bit about that. So. So when this comes down to return on investment, ROI, return on investment, and should you automate, should you not? It was in also in that same July time frame on one of the podcasts that we were talking about, I think I did a call to action to say look, if you are thinking about automating, you should automate now because my prediction then in July of last year was that we're getting ready to see some major interest rate increases. And boy, have we! Mm-hmm. So even recently, the the Fed keeps hiking rates, trying to get, get get a handle on inflation. And honestly, I I don't think we've needed the last couple. We just need time. Mm-hmm. We just need time for the for the
1: the for medicine di- to work. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh. And and unfortunately, I'm I'm afraid we're pushing the gas pedal a little bit or the brakes, whichever you want to, <laughs> analogy you want to use, uh, on the quantitative tightening more than we should. But uh, uh, through interest rates. But nevertheless. Uh so ROI, if you're making an investment, if you're using, uh, you know, a line of credit or something like that to, to do it, certainly rates have to come into play now. But back in July, we were talking about, and and since then, I've had this conversation with so many people about pre-COVID ROI and post-COVID ROI. So pre-COVID ROI was pretty, pretty simple equation, uh, if I automate, be it robotics or, or some type of a, a dedicated machine, custom machine, something like that that does the process, what will be my payback period? And, and usually we, the easiest way was, does it reduce labor? And so labor reduction, that was kind of the theme all the way up till COVID, <laughs> till 2020. Post-COVID, we're dealing with a labor shortage, so it's not about reduction of labor. It's about how do I free up labor in order to get them working on something that's that's not a very automated, automatable process. Reclassifying the labor and reclassifying mm-hmm. the labor. So, so for those of you new to our program, there's four reasons. So this is Brandon's Brandology. Brandology. Uh, four reasons to automate. Traditionally, uh, you would automate a system if you want to increase quality or consistency of the product, how you make it, how well you make it. If you want to decrease cycle time or increase your production rates, which is kind of the same thing. If you want to take advantage of flexibility, quick setup. So that means the machine uh, can retool quickly from one part to making another part. And then thirdly, or fourthly rather, reclassifying labor. We used to say labor reduction. Now we say reclassification of labor. So these are the reasons you would automate and we, and but ROI the ROI equation has sometimes it focuses in on decreased cycle time, increased production because you get more parts out the door. And that's still very feasible. But mostly it looks at just a cost reduction of labor because that's a very easy yeah. calculation. But in the post COVID ROI, I don't have the labor you don't have the labor. And so now it's a situation of not making the truck. And so that definitely falls under increased production. And so when you start looking at that, and and of course, ROI also uh, comes down to one thing. Are you looking to grow or just stay the same? If you're looking to grow, then you can really get the ROI down potentially. Uh, So for example, if you have... Uh, if you're looking to grow and you have one machine that's being operated by an operator and, or two operators rather, one on the loading end, one on the the unloading end, and you can put two machines closely together to where you can have, uh, now a second machine, but that means a second loader and a second unloader. And let's say that, uh, the, the loading is too complex for a robot. It just doesn't make sense, the cost. When you look at the cost on that, it's just going to be too much. But the unloading is just unloading. Suddenly, if you can position those two machines where it's feasible, and it may not be. This is just a scenario, and this is probably a best-case scenario, where we could take a single robot and un- handle the unload of both. Now we can take, if we position them the right way, we might be able to take that existing one operator and have the one operator handle loading both. Okay, but even if you have two operators, you've doubled your production, and only added one extra person, and the robot versus adding three people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? It well, two people, two, okay. two people, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, so, but you're adding three because you eliminate one. <laughs> Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So just by adding the robot on the unload, if it can tend both sides of the unload, you could take the third person that was unloading and move them to the to the load position, have two people loading. You haven't added a person. You've doubled production. If one person can load them both.
1: Yeah, that's what I was wondering.
0: Then now you've eliminated three positions, right? Okay. The two that you would have added plus the one that you already had. Uh-huh. And you're not eliminating these positions. You're taking that one and moving them to somewhere else yeah. to do something that doesn't make sense to automate. So the four things for that make a good robot automation, uh-huh. number one, if you're looking at a process, and this is as you're going through and doing your assessments, if you're looking at a process and you're watching a person do it, if they could do it blindfolded. Now, that doesn't mean that if they can't do it blindfolded, you can't automate it. It just means the budget has to go up. So we have to have a vision system, robotic vision, or something like that. But but if they can, if you could put a blindfold on them and have the part always presented in the right place where they reach down to grab it, uh, then then that is a good sign. Number two, can they do it with one arm tied behind their back, so they don't need both hands to do do their job? Number three, can they put an oven mitten or a, just a mitten, not a glove? So basically, your fingers are tied together; you just have one finger and thumb. So that emulates a gripper. Can they do the job with that? In other words, they're not doing any precise, uh, intricate adjustment of the part. And then number four, if their feet were glued to the floor, where they can't step and walk around and move around, if you can say yes to all four of those, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, You need to look at that very closely as far as automating. And then finally, if you say, well... Yeah, we could automate that, but we really only run that on one part or one shift, or it's a service part. So, uh, you know, we don't even run one shift consistently. Then you need to listen to, I can't remember which episode it was, where we were featuring our smart shift robotics. Mechanically. It was increasing your ROI mechanically. Yeah. And so smart shift and of course this has to do more with collaborative robots typically but it can be with it doesn't robot. have to inflate inflate that's it uh check out that episode because what we're talking about is smart shift gives a dovetail style uh, mount for the base of the robot and also quick change for the tooling on the end of arm robot but you can actually take and specifically this really fits with collaborative robots but you can actually unmount it from one process move it over to another or you can have it on a stand that's mobile move it over there. And with smart shift technology, we can lock that in. That sets our datum points, which means we can call up another program. And now we have just amortized the ROI across multiple applications. So now we can start taking one robot. And if it's service parts, it may run this one for a week and then jump over and run this one for a week. But we're still getting the uh, turn of product out from under it. And so uh, you can realize an ROI that way, Increased, increased production and reclassification of labor. So that's the post-COVID ROI is to really focus on those things. We're looking at the same things, but we're looking at them differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, with our Hanwa line and also with the FANUC line and, and the Motoman lines that we have of robots, the cost on robots have come down considerably uh, from what they used to be. And so I'm just saying it's attainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something you might want to look at. Now, certainly, yeah, the labor shortage was a predicted challenge and it came true.
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh, supply chain instability and re- slash reshoring.
0: Reshoring, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've already talked about supply chain instabilities, instability with semiconductor shortages, resin shortages, just turkey shortages. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of shortages uh, going on, and it's just been a rough year for that. I mean, just for portage reasons, for... Uh, you know, labor region, labor reasons in foreign countries, you know, global, global. This is, and by the way, this is not inflation and labor shortage is not something that's just affecting us here in the it's United States. It's uni- not unique to us. Uh-huh. Not at all. It, it is a global issue that mm-hmm. we're facing. Now, here's something that's that's a, a potential upswing. Okay. As far as the semiconductor shortages, if it's bad if you are heavily invested in your portfolio, your stock portfolio, in some of the major chip manufacturers, uh, which, by the way, we're seeing a lot of them reshore, to to, the, to your point. Mm-hmm. They're, they're bringing that stuff to the United States. Of course, it takes a long time to grow a chip. Yeah,
1: we, we talked about that. Which yeah. episode was that one?
0: I don't remember. Goodness gracious. We've done quite a few. Yeah. Uh, were we were talking about, uh, my mom was asking me, why don't you just make Make semiconductor oh, it chips. Was, it
1: doesn't have to be in short supply. Short
0: supply. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking about the I supply chain. So. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, we we see that coming to the United States. We see more of these factories coming here, and especially in automotive um, here in Tennessee with with uh, and, and globally, but especially in the U.S., there's a push for electric vehicles. Elon's not the only one pushing that yeah. with Tesla. And so in Tennessee, we, we're seeing a, they've got a lot of plants that are coming into play now that are going to be heavily into EV manufacturing as opposed to going outside of the United States to get those things. So we're seeing uh, a lot of that manufacturing come here. And that's, that's a good thing. Good for jobs and things of that nature. But many of us, and I keep coming back to semiconductors because that's been our number one pain point. Mm -hmm. uh, But also uh, most everybody, even if you're looking for, whether you're looking for a a gas engine or a, a hybrid or an EV, uh, semiconductors have affected that process in the automotive industry. So, if your portfolio is heavy laden with with some of the major chip manufacturers out there, this is a bad thing. They missed their their third quarter uh, projections. They were they were down. They did not deliver what they thought they were going to deliver, which means demand has fallen off. Well. Why were we having such huge... Why did we get in this semiconductor mess to begin with? And what many say (laughs) is that because of the 2020 lockdowns and all that kind of stuff, we all had to start working from home. We couldn't go to the movies anymore, so we had to get... uh, We had to stream, so we had to have streaming. We had to have smart TVs. We had to have Bluetooth stuff. We had to have all this stuff. And so uh, these chip manufacturers... And then automotive also... Uh, because nobody, their dealerships were all closed because everybody had to be locked down. Uh, so they they just assumed America was not going to buy any vehicles, and so they shut down most of the big large OEMs, shut down operations, especially Asian. But even the GMs and the Fords and the Dodges, and the, you know, they they shut down all the their production, and so the chip manufacturers are like, well. We don't have any customers right now. Well, yeah. suddenly there's this surge of we need Apple Watches. We need, we need uh, Xboxes because we have to entertain ourselves at Absolutely. home now. Uh, we got to watch movies. We've got computers, new laptops. Everybody needs a new laptop, need webcams, microphones, speakers, all these kind of things that we had to have that have chips in them. And so they just turned all their resources toward that. And then automotive was like, wait a minute, these folks are coming back. They're, they're wanting to buy cars. And they said, OK, send us chips. And the chip manufacturers were like, sorry, get in line. And so that's where we've been for the, for the large largest part of 20, well, half of 2021 and, and all of 2022. Well, in Q3, which was just last month, ended last month, their projections, they fell short. And so their stock dropped. So you know, there, which is a bad thing if you have stock in that. But if you're, if you're in the automotive industry or in the manufacturing industry, or you need your autom your automation equipment so you can get your automated processes up and going, or your spare parts or whatever, uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing because that means all of the people that were you know blowing it up with laptops and smart watches and you know smart TVs and things of that nature are not buying as much now. And so they're now able to turn around, should be able to turn around, and start backfilling these orders to automotive OEMs and and, and Tier 1s, Tier 2s, and also to those of us who need automation equipment. Yeah. <laughs> and so we should start seeing those things come out. So it's going to make for an interesting Q4, but you know, also here in the United States and globally we have Christmas and New Year. And so a lot of people, especially in the United States, don't do a lot of work in november and december but we may have to change that guys you may have to yeah. <laughs> you may have to pay out some vacations to get people to stick around because uh because i think we're going to start seeing a lot of things come back but maybe not maybe the other analysts are right and it's going to be flat into q1 maybe q2 or first two months uh, month 1 month 2 of q1 let's say but the fact that those chips are coming you know should be for automotive coming back should be a very good thing, uh, because especially here in the eastern Tennessee region, there is a lot of automotive in Tennessee in general, but especially here in, in eastern Tennessee. And so so hopefully uh as, as that business is coming back, uh, you wanna be thinking about your automation. But hopefully that for some that's a bad thing, but for others maybe that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. All right. So number three Of the major predicted challenges affecting manufacturing in 2022. Smart factory initiatives uh, slash the acceleration in digital production technologies. I think it's the adaptation of...
0: Automating. Yes. So this actually uh, is exactly what we talked about in July with the industrial automation. It doesn't have to be a loss. That was July 13th. And also, uh, I guess, uh, before that, maybe the episode even before that, Doom and Gloom. Yep. This was when we – this was July. Early July. Of last year. Of last year when I was saying, if you're going to automate, do it now. Because I was predicting the Fed – would raise rates. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> the Fed has really raised rates. Mm-hmm. And we, so we just talked about that a minute ago. But uh, they were predicting that was going to be a challenge. Now, challenge can be interpreted two ways challenge good, challenge bad. Challenge bad is it's difficult, you can't really get there. Challenge good, you should consider it. We're challenging you to, yeah. to do this. And so that goes hand in hand, of course, with labor shortage is, you know, you need to start doing some smart factory initiatives. Now, that's not just automating. That also can be bringing your plant to a more efficient level. Uh-huh. So IoT-based systems, yeah. uh, getting data, pulling from the machines and things of that nature. We talked a lot about swapping pneumatics for electrics mm-hmm. uh, because pneumatics, air, is is fantastic and, and relatively low cost at the beginning a pneumatic cylinder on a machine costs less than an electric cylinder, you know, servo or stepper, closed-loop stepper-based uh, uh, electric cylinder. But in the long term, the electric costs less to operate, operating cost, and so you will uh, actually spend less across the lifespan of the two.
1: Yeah. I think folks need to go back to the first episode of this season. Industrial automation. I, we didn't name it number thirty-three. We talked about CKD's electric yeah, solutions. That's
0: right, the CKD electrics, um, which we've we've had a great great luck out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, not luck. They just build a they're, great. They're product. good. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and they're priced very competitively, and also they can they can get those cylinders in two to three weeks. That's awesome. Uh, so. They're not hitting the supply chain issues. It, there, there's some certain items. I mean, there's always certain items in the place, but but CKD has managed that very, very well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that the factory initiatives aren't just automate, but make these investments. And I don't know when you're doing an IoT based system, IoT can be done manually, but that falls back on labor. I'm not even going to get into all the potential human errors and things mm-hmm. of that nature, but it falls back on labor. And so if you if labor is kind of the problem, which for most it is, then uh, an automated IoT system where it's automatically pulling this information or at end of shift it puts this stuff together or whatever. It's just getting you quality data in a, in a quality amount of time. Then make those investments into those systems is what we were talking about in July of last year. Yeah. We'll get into it. It's not too late to do that stuff, no. but we'll get into it. And you'd
1: it. have to you'd save that person from writing down... Writing down the stuff, that's one person writing this stuff down, another one putting,
0: putting entering in in the system,
1: and then you have the possibility of, you know, mistyping.
0: The one person that looks up and says, that can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) We don't believe that data. You know, you don't want that. So, uh, yeah, that has to do with IoT systems. So it's more than just robots and and, and automated machines. But it brings us to another. Oh,
1: the fourth one, big topic for us, Mm -hmm. cybersecurity. That's right.
0: And cybersecurity, you know, that really split the world wide open in 2021, and it has not stopped through 2022. Ransomware, malware has just run amok. It's big business, mm-hmm. you know. It and unfortunately, it's big business with the primary industry being manufacturing. Yeah. And so these uh, bad actors, basically these 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 cyber criminals have have learned. What a PLC is, yeah, and, yeah, and what operational technology is, what manu- how manufacturing equipment runs, whether it's PC based or it's PLC based, uh, they figured that out, and they figured out how easy of a target it yeah. is, and so all they have to do is penetrate. So all they have to do is get in, and so no longer is the threat of you know an employee accidentally clicking on a phishing email uh, the only threat. Yeah, uh, it's not about Uh, They're not going after the the accounting systems to ransom those and things of that nature. They want to come in and sniff around and see the architecture of the plant and then start looking for PLCs and PCs, specifically PCs, that are on the production floor running specific production-based softwares that they can piggyback because they're not secured and suddenly uh, ransom the whole manufacturing segment of the, the plant. And and it's unfortunate. It's it is. unfortunate. Yeah. Uh we we talked about stories uh where we one of the things that the cyber criminals were doing is walking around oh, some yeah. of the campuses of these plants and, and things of that nature and dropping thumb drives. Generic looking thumb drives, yeah. just kinda of dropping them in the grass off the sidewalk at the entrance, things of that nature, you know, in the smoking area, those kind of things. And and maybe even muling them in with them, you know, temporary employees or employees or whatever. Right and then it's, the only way you can tell what's on a thumb drive is to plug it into mm-hmm. your computer and it may look just fine when you plug it in it's not like the world's going to blow up but but they you've now transferred their their malware into the system and now it's on the hunt and it's it's a time bomb it's a ticking thing and it's it's going around and it's taking figuring it out it's ai it's it's learning yeah. and you don't really know necessarily if your systems are have that or not and then there's the whole false security of air gapping it's not online it's not on the internet
1: oh okay i didn't know what air gapping was well that
0: that's false security you you, you well these systems are not connected to the internet oh okay so they're safe
1: oh okay
0: which also is a, an excuse by ot to uh, disable firewalls and uninstall virus softwares and malware scanners and things of that nature. And so basically it becomes a system with no immune system for when something does jump the air gap and bringing, maybe it's not some cyber, you're like, okay, so no cyber criminals going to be throwing thumb drives around our plant, right? Well, maybe you just went home, worked from home remotely, plugged in a thumb drive there, or maybe a contractor came in who doesn't even work for you, but he needs to hook up to he or she needs to hook up to a machine with their laptop, your laptop. Your, I mean, your it folks and that we don't know wh- whether they're doing. And, and I'll be honest with you, OT folks. I'm one of them. We're the worst. We, we'll, we'll disable the virus stuff instantly. We, you gotta we'll keep we'll, production going. <laughs> Cause we just need to get it, you know, have it working and we want to work it fast. And we're not, we're not it people. So we're kind of programmed not to care. And, and we got to change that mentality. So cybersecurity is a huge, huge concern. Um, we talked about our IOTA and about the the hardened design, hardware design of the IOTA, and how IoT. Uh, what's the what's the marketing term? Bringing it together. We want to. Oh man, IoT. Bringing it together. Come on, you know the word. You're. In, uh, I'm trying to think of what you were. They're wanting to bring the systems together. We're wanting to isolate
1: them. Oh, oh convergence. Convergence. Sorry, Thank you. I, I did, I, <laughs> I, I'm terrible at this. Yeah. So if you're
0: watching the video, I'm trying to do, like, what is it? Uh, the, uh, the Pictionary. pictionary. Type. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible to charades at charades over here, and she's, uh, she's not picking up on my. Lord.
1: Silver. <laughs> yeah. So
0: convergence versus what I call isolation. Ooh. And so convergence because they need the systems to talk. Yes, that's true. Our design on our iota, and this isn't a sales pitch, it's just a fact. Our design uh, basically is a hardened design, not a firewall based design. So it's, it's not easily penetrable, if at all. Uh, whereas a firewall can be penetrated, but especially when you set up port forwarding, then all of a sudden I've got an open avenue. Uh, but, um, and I don't want to get into a fight with the IT people about what's, you know, oh, I can, you didn't set it up right and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, OT people don't set it up right, right? We, we don't know. We don't want to deal with that. But nevertheless, and I'm throwing off on, on us OT folks because I are one, but but with the IOTA design, uh, it's a hardened design, which means that our IOTA processor and firmware can look out. It's not PC-based. It's not Windows-based. It's a proprietary kernel, and so it's not so susceptible to things and it can move data from the ot side to the it side and all it means is it doesn't protect you from attack it just means that you're not going to easily jump that gap use us as a bridge to the other side so if something turns loose on the ot side and starts wreaking havoc it's not going to get to the upstairs systems most likely and vice versa but cybersecurity is if you're in manufacturing you, you need to be awake about that one
1: i thought we uh I'd encourage people to go back and look at, listen to the. It doesn't have to be risky. Yeah. Episode with Keith on there. Yeah, we were talking to Keith about yeah. that. That was yeah. a great episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the uh, fourth, or yeah, fourth one <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, challenge would be sustainability.
0: Yeah, and sustainability.
1: We had a good episode with with Lynmont,
0: mm-hmm.
1: with Peter with Lynmont talking about their sustainability efforts that they're doing, that they're making things smaller, and I go through our. Partners and see what they're doing, yeah. their efforts are. And it's, they, they, all of them have some great. Uh, they they make their products smaller, more compact, use less stuff, Use less energy. Yep, yeah, so
0: more energy efficient. You know, with Siemens, does this that's their that's their mainstay uh, is is energy initiatives. Mm-hmm. Yaskawa. Uh, oh, I love the,
1: their reci- rechargeable ones.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, where, yeah. Where they regen yes, back yes. onto the line, and and Siemens does that out of the box. Yaskawa, some models do, some models don't, and they're VFD models and stuff like that. So, But, but yeah, absolutely, finding those ways of saving energy, energy savings, uh, the cost of energy has gone up. Yes, dr- uh,
1: dramatically.
0: And, and, of course, you know, get ready for more of that because we're trying to, as the U.S., the US it seems like everybody's, whether you like it or not, uh, we're moving toward an, an electric vehicle world. And so the infrastructure is going to have to change to support that. Currently, the infrastructure does not support that. And so as we begin to do that, somebody's going to pay for that. And for those of you who, who might not know this, the government paying for it doesn't mean that's free. <laughs>
1: no, it, they get their money from you, <laughs> yeah, the taxpayer. It comes, from, <laughs> it comes from each and every one of us.
0: Uh, but but you're also going to see that in terms of rate hikes, and we've seen that a little bit already. Uh, so electricity is going to become more expensive. So becoming more energy efficient is certainly going to be uh, a worthwhile thing. And yeah. so, um,
1: I, I would encourage people to listen to that episode to hear some uh, cost saving measures that they can do.
0: The wasteful episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was season two, episode fifteen. Yeah. Look at me, how smart I am. She's got that on my notes here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, check that out uh, where we talk about a lot of those green initiatives. And it's not just about – again, we talked about uh, pneumatics replaced with, with electrics and things of that nature. Uh, and the, and so why – so many people may ask and have asked me, why, why, why do you say pneumatics uses air? Why, why would it be – you know costly for electricity we have to compress that air and there's always in every pneumatic system there's leaks it's just it's a constant thing to compress air you're putting work in electrical work to create mechanical work through you're building up potential energy, which is compressing air. So you're giving it a pressure. So you have to pump that up. So that's electrical work that's going in. And as long as it's going straight to the end of the cylinder 100%, then then it's pretty good. But there is no 100% efficient. Yeah. Uh, you have leaks along the way. You have leaks just getting into the cylinder. You have leaks within the cylinder. And so you don't get 100% of, for every pound of every PSI of air that we pump up, we get work. There's loss. There's loss also in electrical, but it's you know electrical systems, but it's not. What we found is it's not as costly in the long run as pneumatics okay. and the cost of compressing air. Okay. And so that's where that comes from. So what do you? So so okay. So we we've looked back.
1: Yes, and now looking up to forward.
0: now. So what 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 do we see coming, Beth?
1: The same things. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. We've got inflation and recession added to the list. So. Yeah. yeah.
0: So now we've got some weird more weird things coming in. Are we in recession or are we not? That's one that that you know, if you're a manuf- in manufacturing well,
1: there's definitely inflation that we are battling, so that's something. Did
0: I say inflation or recession?
1: Oh, I said I said recession. I should have said inflation. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. So, are we in recession or are we not? Do we have inflation? Yes. Is that inflation going to be falling off? I think it's in a very micro way has already started falling off because we're seeing in Q3. We we in fact I was I was talking to one of our bankers just today. Uh, that they're already seeing a huge – they've seen a huge – just in in the month of – last month of of September into October, they have seen a huge uh, reduction in uh, mortgage applications and and new construction Mm -hmm. applications, loan applications, and things of that nature. So we're seeing the effects of the Fed raising the rates. Did they need to raise them again? Probably not, but they did. So we're going to see more of the effects because when you press the brake pedal really hard, when you press it, the car slows down. When you press it really hard, the car could skid out of control.
1: Oh, I was thinking everything, my purse flies up. (laughs) And stuff hits you in the back of the head, yeah.
0: Um, And so we've got to hopefully, hopefully they've got a good handle on it but I'll leave I'll reserve my opinions on that. Uh but nevertheless, it's going to be uh we we we've got all the stuff we had before. So labor shortage, supply chain instability, the initiatives to to try to automate to try to battle that, uh but also cybersecurity security challenges and then again uh, sustainability. Some of those are requirements, right? Uh some some plants according to where you are on this globe are being required uh, and according to who your customer base is, are mm-hmm. being required to show uh, sustainability type mm-hmm. measures. So you have all that on top of or and on top of that, you have inflation. And yes, guys, we're, we're moving into, if we're not in recession, it's coming. So we're coming with a recession. How long it'll be, that's, that's a question. But at the same time, what things are starting to break loose? And so we talked, you know, like like the semiconductor stuff. It's going to be interesting to see what happens mm-hmm. in certain industries that are really tied to semiconductors. Yeah, we have inflation. We have, and and that's the you know to battle inflation, we've pushed ourselves into recession. But suddenly, parts, you know, supply chain. The supply chain starting to break free. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope. hope. And, and so suddenly we've got we've got the supply to meet the backlogs. So will it? Will we really feel the recession? You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, but there's definitely inflation. So there. Are, what can manufacturers do?
0: Well, okay. So let's take that. Uh, so what's coming? So what's Some of the things that we can do to com- combat that. Well, number one, you you, if you haven't already started taking steps to shore up your supply chain, it
1: it might be too late. <laughs> maybe. <laughs>
0: Um, you got to start looking for other options and, uh, goodness gracious. I've told this to many people as I've talked to our customers and longtime customers, and new customers, uh, there's times that I feel like that, that we're, we're more of a, of a, um, counselor based, uh, or being more counselors, guidance counselors or or. are, are, are uh, just grief counselors, I guess, grief counseling than, than a sales organization mm-hmm. uh, because we just can't get this stuff. And they need it, but we just can't get it. And so we're looking for – uh, we spend so much time trying to, to locate – alternatives that that can work and it's just we're almost getting good at it now. <laughs> but it's not fun no and it, and man it's a lot of time it's, uh, yes very laborsome uh so but yeah you need to shore up your supply chain and you know uh some of our manufacturers have been kind of doing that when you end up with lemons you you make lemonade uh so so a few siemens is one of them uh, where they've had some of their products, not all they're kind of you know they've got a huge breadth of products, so it's not all the products across the board, but some uh key products where if the lead time was looking really long and they were kind of you know long in the tooth, let's say as far as the life cycle of a product. Uh, of course, some of the cases the chip manufacturers have just said we're not going to make that chip anymore. Oh, so they have to, okay So they, they're forced to do this, but they've taken a, they've taken the initiative to say let's let's just instead of making our customers just wait a year during that year time or, or six months or however long, during that time, what can we do to revamp the product? And a lot of times they're revamping it to say, let's design in some new chip or this hard-to-get chip, let's design that out to another chip that we can get from two or three different vendors. Uh, So we shore up from having to deal with this again. But we'll also add in these features and we'll release the, the thing as in six months or, you know, if it's a year, whatever. We won't just say, okay, now here's your product. Here's your improved product. And now this product also is shored up from a supply chain standpoint and it may be even more uh, energy efficient. It may have more capabilities, things of that nature. And so they're making the best out of it. Yeah. And so I, I have no choice but to be impressed with that because I think that's a, a wise thing to move. do. It's a smart move. The, the other thing, if, again, <laughs> if you haven't started building up your cash flow reserves, you probably need to. Now I'm sitting here talking automate. And now I'm saying build up your cash flow reserves. We've been talking about that for most of the year, too. You know, it's never too late to try to find a way to do that. Unfortunately, it can be tough. Uh, Nobody expected this to go on this long. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's something that that every manufacturer, small, medium, or large manufacturer, needs to be thinking about, is how can we build up our cash flow reserves so that we can manage cash flow. Cash flow is a big deal. you got to keep your people paid. Mm -hmm. which brings us to another one, invest in your workforce. Actually, I skipped one. The other one was uh, structural top solutions. So I'm not finding a lot of those.
1: The one thing I found was um, Section 48C, the manufacturer's tax credit, and Mm -hmm. I'll put a a link to the facts, a quick facts sheet Mm -hmm. um, about it. It looked like it would be. Very particular, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll, we won't we won't go into more of that, yeah. The, but if you're interested, I'll put it in the show notes.
0: Well, the the point I'll make is I'm not seeing. You know, in 2020, we had the Payroll Protection Program uh, that was was really focused at small to medium, but also some you know of the well larger businesses. Uh, yes, yeah, so a lot of people took advantage of that. The rules were not as tight as maybe they should have been, but. For many, many people, it did its job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not seen very much of that. In tw- there was a second round in 2021, but it became very tightened because of so many people taking advantage of it. And also into 2022, I think there was another kind of sub round of that. Maybe you had to pay it back, something like that. But, uh, but but I haven't seen a lot of those types of things, you know, resulting from in 2021 and 2022 but, but I'm not the, I, I'm i not the know all on that, but I just haven't seen it. I kind of look for it, but I haven't looked for it a lot. Yeah. But everybody heard, everybody heard about the payroll oh, protection absolutely, program. Yeah. Uh, so I hadn't, I hadn't heard that. And I'm not familiar with the 48C manufacturer's tax credit either, but check that out in the, in the show notes. Maybe it applies to you. And if so, take advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, absolutely. But investing in the workforce. And so what does that mean? Right.
1: Yeah. It means
0: different things to different people.
1: I I took it as one thing. You took it as another. (laughs) My thought was training your people up.
0: Yeah. And that's the correct answer. My my thought was the difference between being an optimist, which is Beth, and being a pessimist, which is me, is that you're having to pay your people more. Yeah. And there are some that that falls in line with what you're talking about. Uh, Just paying people more just. To pay them more, to steal poise from the, the manufacturer down, down the street is a very, very short-sighted and short-term solution. And what that means is you're going to end up with folks that are going to be there until someone else pays them a nickel more.
1: But you that's why you need to give them a reason to stay.
0: Give them a reason to stay. So that's the investing you're talking about. But to me, if they want bigger wages, give them a clear path, uh, an encouraging path. To, to level up. Yeah. And so that's that's through the training initiatives and things of that nature. So just like we're talking about reclassification of labor, I, I promise you, if I walked through your plant and picked out a couple of uh, potential automation uh, opportunities for just as many, for more than just as many that we uh, found that were great opportunities to automate, we would find 10 times that of ones that it just does not make sense to put a machine or or a robot or something like that in that process to try to automate the, the ROI is just too, too, too long. So reserve those processes for the labor and you may have to train them up mm-hmm. at the same time for the menial type task. If we can go put in a robot, Enroll those people, those maintenance folks, even the, even the the ones on the line that, that have mechanical aptitude and interest. If they show promising interest, enroll them into some trainings, just like trainings here at Elitech University, so we can train them on the robots and how to be robotic technicians, maintenance technicians, uh, for those products, and they will get a raise. Yes. Because they're they're moving up, and so so you're not just having to pay them more just because you're paying them more because they deserve it, because they're more valuable to your, to your process. And it's not just about stealing employees. It, it, that's a very short, short side. Of, now, sometimes you have to, I yeah. guess. So I'm not <laughs> yes. telling you how to run your <laughs> no. business, but uh, I think the long game comes down to investing in the training initiatives. Uh, and, and that goes hand in hand with automating. So
1: what's, I, I think you have another one.
0: Well, mine is automate. I just yeah. said that. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I think that's what you should do is automate. So even though rates are really high right now, and so if you're having to borrow the money, I get it. you got to figure that out. But at the same time, you can't just stop. Uh, yeah. You know, if if you're looking and saying, okay, well, the analyst, I believe that the analysts that say that the first, you know, Q1, first three months of, of 2023 is going to be flat. Then hopefully Q two is not. There's going to yeah. be growth. So what that means is if you say, well, it's going to be flat, so I'm just going to hold off. I'm just going to, uh, you know, to kind of take a nod from the Bible story. I'm just going to bury my my coin, my, my the money that I was entrusted with in the ground and do nothing with it. Or you could make the, lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> the, then suddenly. Come Q2, if if the whole world comes rushing back, manufacturing comes rushing back, and hopefully it's not Q2, hopefully it's Q1, but, but if, even if those analysts are right, uh, and it does extend out to Q2, when it does, you're not going to have labor, enough labor, because there's still, I'm sure, going to be a labor shortage in manufacturing. And so if you've not made those, found a way to make those investments now reasonably, now, here's what I say. I've talked to some people. They're just like, yep, if we can do this in one machine, we're going to do it in 100 machines through the plant. I've heard that for my whole career. And and that's a dangerous analogy, especially right now. It might not even be necessary. Spend a little bit of money and automate one process. And yes, I, I can. if we can automate this, I've got 20 more, 30 more, 100 more uh, of the same process throughout my plant that I can put this on. Spend the time right now in the investment to perfect the one Mm -hmm. versus trying to get volume discounts and everything right now for the short term and getting, you know, 20, 50, 100 uh, automated systems that have flaws because the flaws and the cost of those flaws and the frustration of those flaws will far, far outweigh any kind of a volume discount. That you would lose from just doing one right now,
1: yeah. But if you do that one, get it perfected, that's right. Then the next you could do the 19, yeah, do it that way. And so, discount. and
0: so, let's say, let's play that out. So, we go ahead and make an investment, maybe Q4, we just go ahead and get it done. We're going to have it perfected and stuff where it's where we're going to spend the remaining Q4 of 2022 and part of Q1 2023. Uh, and everything, and then we're gonna stop, and then we're gonna stop, we're gonna set idle with this perfect automated one system that we could duplicate 20, 30, 40, 100 times. But we're waiting on Q2, and if we suddenly start seeing manufacturing ramping up, we've got a perfected system. It's just a matter of installing. So we don't have to debug, we don't have to figure it out, we don't have to do all this stuff. It's all ready to go. Boom, now we just start doing it. And so we grow with our industry. That's that's the best scenario, especially when money's not cheap right now. But it also lets you get so much more bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. So, guys, I hope that this has been interesting. We've gone long, and imagine that. (laughs) Yeah, we 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 actually shortened this one before we we started. We did. (laughs) Uh, So, I'm sorry we've gone long, but hopefully, you found it interesting. It's really going to be an interesting remaining 2022 and into 2023. So hopefully the very best comes for you and your business and your manufacturing. Uh, but if you uh, if it's something that Elitech you feel like Elitech can help you with, I would certainly want to invite you to reach out.
1: Yes. If you're in the East Tennessee region. Yeah, absolutely. Please please call us and talk to one of our engineers. Have him come out and, and do an automation assessment. Automation at your, assessment. At your facility. We'd yeah. love to do that. Yeah,
0: do that. There's no charge to that. We'll walk through with you. Look at everything tell you from our experiences what we think yeah that makes a lot of sense or these are the things you might want to consider uh you're not alone yeah so the the opportunity is here and we, we're throwing it out there to you so Elitech, com. that's dot kcom or you can give us a call at 865-409-1555 or email us at info at We'd love to talk with you. So check us out on LinkedIn and all those other things. That's right. And uh,
1: if you value this uh, show, get a little bit of value of it, share, tell your friends about it.
0: Yeah, tell your friends. If you're watching on our YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Subscribe, hit us the five-star rating. That gives us, leave comments as well. That helps yeah. the mechanism work. Uh, we love seeing your all's comments. Absolutely. And, uh, and then, of course, also uh, LinkedIn and all those uh, all those kind of five-star ratings on your podcasting apps and all that kind of stuff helps us uh, just get out to more people. So we want to wish you guys, once again, a happy Veterans Day.
1: Yes, thank you for your service.
0: A happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Go get your turkey because they're not cheap. <laughs> Put it in the freezer. <laughs> Uh, or actually, you can pre-buy. Some stores are letting you pre-buy. I'll
1: put it on layaway.
0: And, and Yeah, basically. And they'll <laughs> put it in their cooler for you so you don't have to make refrigerator <laughs> okay. or freezer space. But enjoy your Thanksgiving. Guys, we, we appreciate everything. Have a great, great month. See ya. Thank you. See you later. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out today's episode of Industrial Automation. It doesn't have to. I hope you enjoyed it. If so, make sure you give us a rating that's pretty doggone high and do that everywhere you listen, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. Also, don't forget about our website. That's www.ellitech.com. That's E-L-L-I-T-E-K.com. If you want to reach out to us there, you can fill out our contact form. We'd appreciate it. Also, you can email us at info at And certainly for those of you that still like to dial the phone, give us a call, 865-409-1555. We'd love to hear from you.